Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yero, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I'm so glad we have a wonderful guest here today. John Hogue is back with us, and I'm so excited. He's going to tell us what's happening with humanity and what's going on and bring us up to date. But before I bring John on, let me just a uh, couple things. First of all, remember to subscribe to my channel. It actually helps me. So if you remember to subscribe, um, that would be great. Also, if you want a psychic reading from me, go to my website, nancyyearout.com, and you can just click on my calendar and pick out a date and time for yourself, okay? So the first thing we're going to start out with today, which is something we're going to talk about, is the American West is drying out. And I don't know if you guys can tell, but it's hot. I'm in New Mexico, and it is hot. And it says things are going to get ugly. Now, here's a little bit about what's happening. It says restrictions. States like Arizona and Nevada are almost guaranteed to have their water allotment from the Colorado River cut back, which... Through a complicated drought uh, contingency peer system agreed by states in 2019 will affect farmers first. So, but the warning signs are there for urban areas and surrounding states to conserve and evolve. Now it says in the San Francisco Bay area served by a different water system, residents are being asked to reduce water usage by 15% compared to 2019. Now listen to this. Houseboats were removed from the state's second largest reservoir because the water level fell so low. So this is a real situation, and we're going to talk about this today on the high road. But before I bring John on, let me give you a little information about John Hogue. He's an author, gosh, of over 1,200 articles, 50 published books, spanning 22 languages. He's predicted the winner of every U.S. presidential election by popular vote since 1968, giving him a remarkable 13-0 batting average. Hogue is a world-renowned expert on the prophecies of Nostradamus and other prophetic traditions. I'm just so glad you're here today. Welcome to High Road to Humanity. How Thanks for you? having me, Nancy. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. Let me get us both on here, if I can. I love I love Zoom, you know? I've got to figure it out here for a second. <laughs> Hold on one second, and let us get us both on here. There we go. All right, welcome. Yes, you're 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 so happy um, to tell us about these things that are going on. So talk to us. What's happening with the drought? Well, um, I have been seeing this coming since 1973, when I was Seriously? a junior in high school. Seriously? Yeah, I've been seeing this coming. I have. Uh, it all happened when I, uh, went to see, uh, Soylent Green, the movie. Oh God, I remember Soylent Green. And, uh, it was an unusual situation because, uh, my friend Jim Oot and I were, were sitting in the front row cause it was very crowded. And for some reason, the people working in the theater had not, <clears throat> had not, um, cleaned any of the trash or soda pop so the carpet was gooey 
and it looked like a cyclorama into the movie. Uh, oh the God. crash went right up to the movie picture. And it was like we were literally part of uh, New York in the yeah. year 2022, population right. 60 million. Everything's hot. The climate is going towards the warm. Uh, and basically people are running out of food. So this new Soylent Green product is actually made of people once they die a lot of them go to death temples if they're old. And, I know. Uh, I've seen and, it. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was, and it had, um, it had um, uh, Charlton Heston in it, one of his best roles, with his best friend, um, you know, Edward G. Robinson. They were very close friends. <clears throat> and Edward G. was dying. He was dying. In fact, he died two weeks after that scene was made oh where God. he's in. And, you know, the way the movie went, it was like everything's in orange and gray and, and yeah, crowded weird. and this corrupted. And 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 he but suddenly at the end of the movie, he's got this sense around film and 3D all around him of with the uh, Beethoven dum dum bum bum dum bum bum and then Pierre Gint too, and suddenly it's like you're seeing flowers and green, and it's such a powerful shock because you've been so immersed into the into the this dystopian overpopulated polluted globally warmed world. Mm-hmm. And and he's sitting there, and he's uh, somehow have Dick Van Patten was also playing a bit role in that, and he was and he opened up the dial, and he could see the screen because he could see his friend. That was forbidden, but he said, "I'm gonna knock you down if you don't." And so he, uh, Robinson is saying, "Glad you could come, uh, isn't it beautiful?" And like Charlton Heston was like crying, and he says, "Yes, it's. I know. I didn't know." I didn't know because he was always like, yeah, yeah, you the old man always talking about the good old days. And then, of course, he then goes on to follow his body because he's a policeman into the Soylent Green company where he f- watches it being turned into Soylent Green. Mm-hmm. And and so it hadn't the arts have always been a trigger for me in my prophetic work. I, it was completely unexpected that suddenly I realized, oh my God, this is going to happen. This has this is a potential future. So you that felt we, that when you were watching the movie, you felt that right. I away. did. Wow. And what I came home with was something interesting because I always try to verify things. I looked at the movie again, but for years I thought the movie was set in 2030. It's just my uh, the message was 2030 not 2022. Although 2022 in our own future is a significant uh, year for economic upheaval in the world. Okay. Uh, the But 2030, over these 48, 49 years, has actually become, I saw it as the tipping point year way back then. And now everybody talks about if we don't get things going with our fossil fuel emissions and things, that that's the tipping point where things un- begin to unravel to a point where we pass two degrees Celsius and set ourselves up for a uh, catastrophic uh, um, depopulation of the human race. Because, yeah. because yeah. we pass a period after two degrees Celsius, we pass a period where the climate will be too unstable 
to grow grain to the scale required to feed 8.5 billion people expected at the turn of this new coming decade, after this decade, the 2030s. And, um, you know, I have, in this long period of writing about it, I've been writing about it since I started publishing books and articles in 1983. Okay. I have watched, and long story short, I have watched in the long spans of these years, nearly everything that I have warned people about is happening. And unfortunately, up and up to up to uh, the end of the last decade, I did not have the cooperation of science supporting my intuition. So, but my intuition always was that science that they say. When I started, they said all these changes would happen at the end of this century. I kept saying no, I, and I, had, I don't understand why I'm saying this, because it's ridiculous, but I'm saying it. It's going to begin in the 2020s. They're, they're, they're low-balling the uh, results, and right. it's unconscious. It's well-meant. And, you know, for all the deniers of climate change that uh, say, well, you want to scare people so you get more money to research, They don't understand the psychology. The people who say that obviously don't understand the psychology of how science gets funding. They get funding. I know they get funding, but let me stop you a second. I I just have to say, finish. Okay, say one thing, John, and then I have Uh, one more thing, and that is. So my point is that science lowballs to get money. If you scare the, the the financiers, they don't give you money. So science has been built in unconsciously to to give the best case scenario. But I have been saying it's the worst case scenario. And now the the evidence has been pouring in since the late uh, 2010s that we are on a path to the worst case scenario. Go ahead. No, I'm just curious. I've been interviewing a lot of different people recently, and they're all telling me, and I've heard this a lot. I've heard about the program HARP. And I've heard that there are um, different ways of changing our weather and that there's weather warfare going on and that that's a lot of this underlying situation. And I just Mm -hmm. wondered if you'd address that, what you think about it. I think whatever, I think it's like chemtrails and other things that are, you know, I deal with a lot of conspiracy theories uh, because it's part of (laughs) prophetic work, Mm -hmm. but at, 40 years of this, I have uh, uh, the thing that this is a great distraction. It's a distraction harp and all of that. And I would say the conspiracy is to distract you with it, to make you not see what's right happening. Do you know in I'm going to count a second, 1001. Do you know what happened in that second? No. We the earth absorbed from the sun two Hiroshima blasts that wiped out Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right. 1,001, two, 1,002, two, 1,003, two, 1,004, two. That's what's really happening is that the, the heating of the planet is stored mostly in the oceans. And it is, it, it, we're looking at something of the level of 500,000 Hiroshima blasts of heat that's being contained in the system. And so it is a uh, harp is a, I would just simply from my experience, 
and looking at it deeply yeah. because it's also it, the whatever influence harp has the strongest influence it has on us is to distract all of us from the real danger okay and it's climate change what can we do what can we do john well we what we could have done should have happened 40 years ago okay that's the first thing so the reality is that it's not a question of reversing what we've set in motion, but surviving it and adapting our civilization to preserve whatever we can of it and our populations. We're not going to, this is just the reality, folks. We're not, there's a lot of people are not going to see the 2040s. And, and this is just a reality of we're too late to get to this. And in a way, the, in a way, there's always some good, even in something as frightening as this. All right, let me know. It, it is, is that only when the whole human race is shocked again and again to see how things are not right with our climate right now. I mean, we can argue what's causing it. And debate that, but I think I once did a thing with um, George Nouri uh, in the Everett Opera House, just across the water from where I live in Langley, in Washington, on Whidbey Island. And we're doing another one, uh, I think, on the twenty fifth Saturday of September, okay. where it's a it's just a live show. It's not actually coast to coast. It's just a live show. Right. <clears throat> and I remember a thousand people in this opera house. I could hear in the green room somebody who was doing a whole climate change denial thing. And so George asked, and I heard it on the intercom, well, how, how many of you, uh, raise your hand if you believe that there is uh, climate change. Or they applauded. And so there's a few, a little bit, about 30 audience, it sounds <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. How, how many of you believe that climate change is a hoax? <laughs> you know, a big, big storm of applause. Yeah. So... I usually come at the end as the, the main event in these things, which I appreciate George for doing that. Um, but um, so I spontaneously looked at everybody and said, okay, how many of you raise your hand if, uh, uh, if you don't believe in climate change? And of course, two thirds of the place, the hands come up. Raise your hand. And this was in uh, 2018. Raise your hand uh, if if you understand in ninth, in two thousand twenty eight how many of you will change your mind because your life has been forever impacted by global warming, and they all kind of went. Ur, ur. <laughs> you know, the whole audience is like, ur, you know, and and some of them just halfway, and then they went down like this, and <clears throat> because hey, listen, I basically. We so the whole audience was like, rah, 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 rah. Crazy, and 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 so I um I said, remember this day. Do the doom of people and their future is that they forget, and it often happens in prophecy that you make a statement, people ignore it until it's too late. Right. The whole point of prophecy is actually to prevent these things from happening. And and uh, but most of the time, the person who is the prophet is people go, uh, uh, and, and then they go, well, he was right about it. But that's that's hindsight. It's hindsight is behind sight. It's okay. bottom sight. It's not. 
it's it's not going to help you. And so we got to go to commercial break because I'm doing a podcast to do it today and I hate to stop you right there. But hey, you guys, I'm here today with John Hogue. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity. And we will be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yearout, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with John Hoke. John, I'm sorry to have to interrupt you there, but... I, I realize I'm one of those. I'm one of those people, man. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 it's like, what do you believe anymore? You know, I grew up on a farm in Ohio and um, it, I, I just, uh, I'm really about the land and I love being outside and all of this. And I agree. We've destroyed a lot of our earth and people don't take care of it like it should, but what has really caused this major shift? I mean, is it because we don't take care of our earth or what do you think? What's the situation here? I'm writing a book that actually answers that next year okay. uh, after I write this book called The Roaring 2020s, Decade of Destruction and Transformation, which I start on July 1st, the principal writing work. Okay. Um, the, the, the book that I will be writing the following year is called Climate Crisis Prophecies. And it's something I've prepared for 35 years, collecting not only the forecasts of prophets from all times concerning our and all quarters corners of the world concerning our what climate change related rising oceans they were they were seeing them even back in biblical times that oceans would slowly rise that uh tremendous superstorms great unceasing droughts that as Nostradamus called in one of his it would happen on the 
latitude of latitude 48 across the northern hemisphere he said from the fire in the sky which is the sun fish boiled hectic in dry uh, lake beds in southwest france this is looks exactly like what happened in the last major drought period back in 2012 uh, in the Midwestern area. Remember how there were like desiccated fish and dried lake beds in Texas? Mm-hmm. Well, now it's it's heading more farther west in California, Lake Oroville, you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I, we could very well be seeing a situation where there simply is no water, no uh, measurable rain uh, in California and places like that. That'll be a big shock. 40 million people, the fifth largest economy on the planet, the state of California. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the thing is that this, this is a slow train wreck. And, you know, human beings are really good at sudden disasters. Then they, then they jump into it. But this thing, because the climate is such a vast and complex system, this thing is a slow creeping disaster, and therefore a lot of people put it out of their mind. Well, and understandably, it's pretty shocking stuff. Who wants to actually make Soylent Green, the movie, your well, reality? Yeah, you don't, but what can we do? I mean, what can we do now? Well, uh, this is where I, I have to also hit the uh, the green revolution folks the problem is that uh, right now uh the people who are trying to fix this problem have 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 no idea what they need to do they think they do i mean there and and for those who criticize it for instance uh michael moore produced a movie that's called the planet of the humans and it has been sh- banned, shadow banned, deplatformed. Uh, it's free. If you can find it online, watch it before it goes off again, because uh, it it basically came to the same conclusions I have been coming on my own uh, for the last 40 years, is that, um, you know, we have one half of the nation who is denying it's happening the ones who don't deny it's happening are in a pollyanna world view where they think they can create electric cars and and windmills well, yeah, and all i of mean that. that's that's a positive i've always thought of that well, as positive it is a positive uh, but it's not and that's the it's thing not that enough? I'm going to, it's not no it's not about not enough it's just simply uh, i'll give you an example okay. um to create all the solar panels that you need to get solar panel electricity, the amount of rare earths and metals and things that are used to do that, to put the whole world under solar, the, the, they went in the movie about how you produce that uh, industrially. You will be, your carbon footprint to make everything electric will be bigger and will use a lot of fossil fuels to do it. What I'm saying, and I will look at it all the inventions and things that are happening, we literally have to completely go back to the drawing board, realize that we made a mistake, and start by finding completely new energy uh, systems. So how do we go about that? Um, One of the things I've tracked for 40 years is an interesting tale of how people who have created 
We've heard of them creating things that are, if, if the economy would have allowed their inventions to be in, of course, they oh, would yeah. be no. Right, the, the, right. the stories of these people, I knew a story of a guy who had this little aerial thing he could do. He could turn lights on and off with it. There's the man who r- made the car that could run on water. Um, there, um, there are some very interesting developments happening that could break through with fusion right now. I mean, the Chinese had actually a fusion-sustained plasma jet for 110 or 120 seconds, which is amazing because mostly it's two or three, sustaining like right. a tremendous amount of heat. So, so I'm going to bring that forth in the climate crisis book, all the things that, that we have to do that literally have to simply say we need, we need to actually make cold fusion work. We need to make, you know, if we're going to have, if we're going to do something big, uh, we should go into space at the Lagrange points around the orbit of the moon, where you, if you put something there, it just holds it there. It won't float off and create vast solar panel farms. And then in each um, bare area of the uh, deserts of the world, uh, create a system where you can microwave that energy down uh, and then connect it to the rest of the grid. I mean, that's one other possibility. Um, and the we have to really think radically and out of the box. We have to, as a world, do two things. See this as like the moon race mm-hmm. for the next 10 years. The entire intelligentsia of the world, scientists, people, have to heterodoxically look at this, not traditionally, not solve problems like we did before. We are in uncharted waters as a human species. We need to now think uncharted ways. And the green revolution is very traditionalist in its way of fixing this thing. The other thing we've got to think about is there's a parallel in history. If you look back to the, to uh, the last fourth turning period of, planetary crises, the 1930s and 40s, we're, we basically, in the six years of World War II, it was one of the most creative, productive periods in history. Because of an emergency, unfortunately, it was done to kill each other, but... But the Germans and the and the Americans and the Soviet Union, all these people all work together, all work together for, uh, to to uh, attain a certain goal, which unfortunately was a world war of defeating one or the other. But if one looks beyond that and just looks at the the sheer creativity, the innovation, the advances of science, advances of cancer research, even other things that happened during that period. And then if you look at that also in the way that happened in the lunar race between Russia and America, that so many of the things we take for granted, cell phones, other things, uh, fire retardant fire suits from the space uh, suits that they were creating, all and millions of other things. Um, you know, when people say we dump billions of dollars on the moon, no. We didn't dump any billion dollars on the moon. We innovated. Our our technology is advanced because of what happened in those 10 years. Right. So so something a little more akin to that. Yes. And also, um, we need to have the entire world demand from their governments and their secret services that all the stuff they have that's extraterrestrial. That they tell us about it. Yeah. That now the people of this country need to demand uh, 
to the point of shutting down the CIA and NSA, that you now deliver up those wonder things or prove that they're not there. Right. Because if we can create a whole new electromagnetic gravity well kind of technology, then then we are literally taking a jump. It, 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 the formula is this. If we take the industry we have to create the clean industry we want, we will create enough fossil fuel uh, and pollution and a loss of, sh of rare minerals, which we cannot sustain. So we have to find some other way to make batteries work. Not, not using lithium. We'll dig that all up in about 10 years. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be something that jumps beyond that. So it's a question of, hey, we didn't know how to land on the moon. So we thought, all sat around in Moscow and Washington and started to think of ways to make that happen. Good. And we had yeah. to think. We had to adapt. Yeah, but, Don, here's the problem. I'm going to stop you here. Here's the whole problem with this whole thing. It sounds really great if people, if, if everybody would get together and start to use some of the knowledge that we do have. But that all this knowledge has been pushed back for money. It's all about money, it's all about power, and it's all about greed. Yes, they have all this technology, but they're not sharing it with us. And yes, we have the ability to do all these different things, but see, it's not profitable. So the people in charge won't let this come about because it's not profitable. And that's what it stopped all of this. And you know it, and I know it. So we're going to go to commercial break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about it. Hey, you guys, this is Nancy Earl. I'm here today with John Hogue. This is High Road to Humanity, and we will be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole person approach, not just food. I address stress, sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com or message me on Instagram through the handle sparkingwholeness. And now let's get back to the show. We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity, and I'm here today with John Hogan. We're talking about climate change and what's going on um, in our world right now. John, like I said, 
people don't want to let this stuff come out because it's not profitable. It's it's that's the problem here, unfortunately. It is. And what you said is absolutely correct. I know. This is what we're up against. I know. This is what we're up against is a program human race program to extinct itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have chosen, we have the potential to be Buddhas, to be Christ conscious, yeah. but, but, but what society wants is bark beetles. It wants people to be consuming bark beetles and to not worry about work in the future and what has to change and just be comfortable eating, eating all the trees and hoping God will save us and some Messiah bark beetle is going to come down and, and deliver us from our sins and magically make the trees that we've consumed come back. But then the lightning bolt hits, the forest fire burns, and all the bark beetles die. And, that's, and that, is what, that is why it gets back to another point I said earlier about shocks. Also about the scenario of World War II, there were a lot of people like me warning about in Nostradamus scholars like Edouard Fontbrun, uh, who predated me, uh, that were very clearly seeing Hitler and the war in Nostradamus coming, and they were considered uh, defeatist traitors. Right. I mean, he actually understood that one of these prophecies about the great dug fortress on the eastern frontier of France it's dissected in 15 places by water. He did what I did. He checked the Maginot line, the big fortress line that was supposed to keep the Germans out. Okay. Uh, and, and it's exactly dissected by 15 rivers. And so he said, this is the Maginot line. And it seems like Nostradamus, our compatriot from the 1600s, is saying the Germans are going to come right through. And defeat us, and he, and rather than go, oh wow, well, what do we do? They went, oh, shut this man up. This we we don't want to hear that. And then it happened. In fact, uh, Nostradamus said that the great empire would fall through the forest of the Ardennes. He actually named the forest, wow. and and it was two empires. He it was the empire, colonial empire of France in 1940, and then also through the Ardennes, it was the Nazi empire in 19, late 44, 45. And the quatrain is numbered century five, quatrain 45. Oh, now the fifth yeah. month was the European theater uh, operations ended in May, the fifth month of 1945. And so, so it's there. I, I'm a champion of actually bringing out the people who did see things before they were hindsight all through history with Nostradamus. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, we're a small group for the last 4.6 centuries, but, but we're saying to you all, you can change this uh, rather than uh, just understand the blow, as Hermes Trismegistus would say uh, about prophecy. At least that's good. You understand how this happened. Well, what does Nostradamus say about now? What's he say about what's going to happen right now? Well, what I'm what I'm seeing is that the world, because of like what you eloquently stated, the the disempowerment of the human race, who who grovel at the feet of their so-called democracies and so-called totalitarian states and everything, every kind of per political persuasion in between, yeah. that that they. Uh, Oh, you know, we're like docile bark beetles. Oh, 
oh, well, we can't do anything about it. Not all of us, John. Not yes, all but, of us are. But not enough. And that is my point coming here. We, in a way, this is the good that's coming about the shocks, about the fact that you're sweltering in heat right now. It's overtaking the Western United States. It's even getting hot unseasonably up here. That we are now entering a decade where you people will be forced to look at the fact by the end of this decade that our future is at risk that we may not have a future and that will because it is going to get much worse than you've ever seen yet in the next 10 years that the good side of that is it's a wake up up in the face right yeah and and so so and you know it's like that whoa you know and, and we're all getting slapped in the face with it and so so it's just like what remember what happened in in pearl harbor yeah. America was, was just kind of sleeping yeah. about yeah. the coming war. Yeah. Uh, Roosevelt could not get the isolationists to see we had to get into the war. Then, and then suddenly Pearl Harbor happened. And overnight, literally this in, immovable political movement of isolationism, first thing they did the, right after that, the head of it said, what can we do? And it was all done. It's like it never happened. Well, and that's so, like 9-11. So, so, the sleeping giant of human intelligence needs a good slap across the face. And then you may, so I am hopeful that as things get worse and sooner than expected, that may give the human race a fighting chance. A lot of the politics, a lot of the politics, a lot of the leadership hierarchies will be upended. Also, I've got to add the astrology for this time it. is yeah, similar to it. what happened in the American and French Revolution. Uh, and so we are entering a time of rebellion and revolution. So a lot of these systems, for instance, in another year or so, the economic system is going to collapse. And that is going to completely undermine a lot of the power circles, the central banks and all of that, and the political elites, and there's going to be revolution. So and that will change. That will change things when all that happens. It potentially can. Okay. But, it, it, you know, Mother Nature is just going to, you're not hearing that I'm sick and feverish? I'll just wail on you until you do. And uh, the, the reality is that we will also be facing the fact that we are too late to this party to save a lot of the human race and uh, we're in a not in a conservation or turning back to the balance of nature we have altered we've baked into the system already for the next thousand years a much warmer world and this human race was built its civilization for the last 10,000 years or so in a very quiet modest climate period between ice ages now we are uh, now we are heading to a world that cannot sustain eight and a half billion people, more like less than a billion. And that is that is just a, a reality. So we have the kind of deep impact scenario. Now, this is another important thing to think when you realize that we are actually going to get hit by something. For instance, you know, in the movie Deep Impact, how basically the human race had to reconcile that. And, and a lot of things that happen when the whole world is faced with the fact that our future is in peril, um, a lot of the trivial things that we think are so important in our life 
are going to fall away because it's like, yeah, I hate my neighbors, but I need my neighbor yeah. to work with me. Otherwise, <laughs> right. we're both dead. Yes, there you go. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And so, <laughs> and actually, Extinction Rebellion is one movement that understands this. Uh, that that we have to see it as, hey, it's like, hey, I've been smoking a couple packs of cigarettes for 40 years, and then everything's fine, my health was fine, and so then I went to the doctor, I had a funny little pain in my lung, and I can't believe it, I've got, I've got stage four cancer, how could that have happened? Well, this is exactly the thing that we're leading into, where I've got a health crisis as a human species, if, and now, and now you know, when you're fighting for your life, a lot of things that you thought were impossible because you, because the human race, all of us fundamentally are built in our DNA to survive. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you because it, it happens in every great revolution. It even happened recently in the Arab Spring. And that actually, Neptune was in Pisces when that started. The last time Neptune was in Pisces in 1849 was the European spring of barricades and revolutions. Okay. So, so the thing is that when people can't eat, when the, when the, not because there's no food, but because no, we don't have any water. Food. Yeah, that's a problem. They can't afford food. If suddenly you're, you're, 40% of what you earn every day is going just to put a meager portion of food to your family. You watch. And these are the things that trigger major revolutions. People just loss of food. People get on the streets. Loss of jobs. And, and I don't care how big the Washington and the government and the, I mean, you'll see, right. I don't care how big you think those folks are, folks. They, the pitchforks are coming. Yes. Hey, I, I want to interject here real quick on something. Okay. As you're talking, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about the COVID. I don't want to get into a whole darn thing about it, but you know, I just want to know your opinion. I feel intuitively it was done to reduce the population. That's what I think. I feel it. I know it. I'm just going to ask you if you feel that too. If that's true. And I've had that, uh, I've dealt with that conspiracy a lot. If that's true, why are all the uh, one percenters also getting jabs? If it's supposed to kill people off, including the jabs. Uh, so, and the fact is, look at the math. Has it worked? Uh, you know, with all the ballyhoo about this pandemic, it is one of the feeblest uh, losses of life of any great pandemic in human history. Three million people out of nearly eight billion people have succumbed to it. Um, this is um, a little more like a glorified, sustained bad flu season. Yes. And, and, and so, so first off, the, the perspective is completely wrong in the news about this. Yes. Secondly, I'm finishing a book, my 51st book, called Nostradamus, Coronavirus, and the Pandemic Prophecies, where I look at, well, how did the famous plague doctor of the 16th century look at plagues, and what does he see for our future? He actually, I don't usually do this. I'm very hard on, oh, finding what people want to find in Nostromus because of the obscurity. But with my knowledge of the 16th century French from 40 years and all, I have seen some remarkable in the clear statements about COVID disease and that it's sourced from man-made accidents. And so, so it, but when I was writing it uh, in May and March, uh, I was just, 
looking at this intuitively. So in the book, I have those statements and then I insert from now because I had to do a hiatus. I had to put the book aside for a year to mm -hmm. do a book on the presidential predictions and the astrology of the four people who could be president, Pence, Trump, Biden, Harris. Right. And, and so that kicked it out. So now I'm finally coming back to it. Now I've got actionable intelligence data sources that proves that definitely the, the, the fingers pointing at this being a, a uh, gain of function mistake in the Wuhan lab, which frankly, uh, America has been in much involved in the Wuhan lab doing it yep. since 2014. So all this finger pointing at China only it's a sino-american plague it's a combo it's a combo yeah. hey we gotta go to commercial break yes and we're gonna hope we'll talk about more more of that when we come back hey you guys i'm here today with john hogue this is nancy you're out this is high road to humanity and we will be right back hang on we have more stories to tell on high road to humanity check out nancy's website nancyyearout.com to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? If I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire. This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me, and I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. Join the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles. Entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. On Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on iTunes, and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive.
We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerout. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with John Hogue. I'm so glad you joined me today, John. Thanks for coming on the show. I guess people want to know what's coming up astrologically. Uh, you know, I have a I have a prediction. I'll give my prediction before you. I feel something's going to give on July 4th. I felt this for a while. I think something major is going to happen. Um, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm kind of preparing. I think there might be a blackout. So I'm just kind of preparing a little bit. What do you think about all this stuff? What, well, this? well, there is one blackout certainly planned, and it's actually the Black Lives Matter is going to do a blackout. Uh, they, they call it a blackout using black as a racial identity situation <laughs> where they're going to black out of uh, paying for anything <laughs> online uh, to make an economic impact. Now, this happened in 2020 on the 4th of July as well. Um, so when you asked me about blackouts, I started searching it. And the first thing that came up was that now to the possibility of, uh, power grids. Well, I think, uh, I think, uh, California, it's going, there's going to be a lot of blackouts. Um, and I mean, we're looking literally, if this happens another, uh, if we have this next year, as well as this year with the catastrophic fires that are going to happen again, we're looking at a situation, which is one of those biblical shocks where you've got 40 million people not able to have enough water not the, the farms of the san joaquin valley not which is a breadbasket of the united states not not being able to make food to scale um this would be one of those hidden blessings in a horrible situation that something's wrong and we got to think out of the box if we survive this so but the most important thing about the astrology of this year Last year, we were there. It's an unusual thing where an astrological aspect defines throughout a year a year of what it's going to be. Last year in 2020, it was the Jupiter Saturn conjunction. And uh, it was basically, long story short, everybody shut down. Yeah. Everybody closed down. Everybody uh, be sequestered. And. Um, Everybody look the other way if there's some weird stuff going on with the voting system. Yeah, every, you know, I don't want to know. You know, I'm, uh, everyone play ostrich. Oh, my God. And, and uh, with all the, uh, there's a lot of things going on. And, you know, I would, I'm still moving to have an audit of the entire election. I agree with you. To, to really, for all sides, to know yeah. to what extent this thing is screwed up. Because, you see, here's the quick thing. Um, the voter fraud was made legal by changing the rules in September of 2020 so that there was all the restrictions, all the ways that you could corroborate that it was really you was taken away in 26 states. Yeah. Blue and red. So it's it's a big problem. But, but to stay on the point. So everybody shut down. Everybody... Everybody look away. There's nothing going on here. That was last year. This year we have Saturn now in a year-long uh, tarrying with a square with, it's in Aquarius. Okay. So it's in the revolution, humanitarian, uh, innovative uh, sign, but it's ruler, Uranus, 
is in its fall, in its detriment, like the most negative place it can be in Taurus. And so you literally have revolution and innovation turned on its head. Um, the, the, it's turned on itself. So it's, it's a real stress point this year of, of the powers that be that we were talking about um, having the power to suppress revolution, free speech, uh, deplatform people. And so it is very much uh, being fed by this oligarchic tyranny of five uh, oligarchs in the West Coast who have decided to be a collective George Stalin of Joseph Stalin of 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 the commons, which has been privatized uh, so that they these men, which have no legal powers, are, are literally dictating, silencing a former president. All of this. Um, this is a, a power takeover by, uh, and it's classic. And when when corporations take over governments, they call it fascism. Nat, what you feel? Well, I've been warning that the 2020s would start with fascism in the United States, corporate fascism, and okay. this is and it's here. I've and been saying here. that and writing about that for 35 years. Okay. And and so. So the thing is, this square returns last year's everybody shut down to everybody shut up. We are we are in power. Oh no, you you need to uh, you need to all now identify with our identity politics. You know we're gonna we're going to we're going to be woke. We're going to be. Um, you know we're going we're going to basically divide and uh, not talk to each other, have impossible expectations of ourselves and others. I mean, this is one of the worst squares to, to have this stuff happening, except for one thing. Okay. If this is a marvelous time to go inside through meditation and see reality as it is, as the whole world gets lost in the disease of identity, where identity, it becomes more important than being where the shape of your genitals or the desire to change your genitals into something else, or the, uh, that, that now in the name of ending racism, you become more virulent racists, blacks and whites. And frankly, I always say this, and I will do it now. This is something I will do probably in front of all the people in that Everett thing. Okay. So you, you call me a white man? Uh, the color no. of my face and this piece of paper, uh, uh, is this a projection of something that's completely not true? True. This is pink, yellow, sallow. Yep. And then, you know, and, it, and if I have another, another paper, I'll just use this iPad. You call me a black man. <laughs> it, it, it's like, it's like, hey, John, I say eyes, America, this is ideological projection. But listen, John, I got to say something to you because I'm to this point in my life and I'm hoping that people are going to wake up and look at it. I look at people as souls. Yeah. That's and what I, I don't look at you. Yeah. I mean, I know you're John, but I look at your soul. Yeah. And so did Martin Luther King. And so did Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King said, "We have this is all about coming to where the not the color of your skin, but your the quality soul. of your character." Bingo. He was talking. Where our goal is a colorless society, That's where right. everyone is equally unique, and everyone has an equal opportunity. That Will was what Martin there? Luther King's goal was. Will we get there? 
Um, no, not with identity politics. I mean, uh, I mean, do the astrologically, do you see us realizing that it's the soul? These are just costumes we're in right now. We're just playing a part. Won't people get this, to a point where they only, realize this? There, the thing that is a, a great um, misunderstanding that we all suffer from is that mobs of people identifying either as black, white, Jewish, Russian, American have actually a consciousness to change things. They're not. It's a mob. And the mob uh, unit of human existence and consciousness is the lowest common denominator of identified robotic people. So the only thing that can change is the individual, right. the undivide you all. Um, that is within everyone's sovereignty and spiritual sovereignty to remember the Buddha that you were born as and see how you've been trained to pretend you're not that Buddha. And that is definitely empowered to you now. And so the way to change it is not to worry about struggling to change the sheeple. Stop being a sheeple. You can do yeah. that now. Yeah. You are completely empowered to be a, a unique, equally unique human being. And the strange thing is that if more and more people stop worrying about the crowds and start working upon going in and rediscovering this vast, sovereign, eternal now of bliss, and I speak from experience with it, I know. that that so so consciousness is the only way out, and it's only you, not the crowd that can do it now. And if enough people understand that, we have a media that can make that paradox understood now, then if millions or billions of people start working on themselves as individuals, not as a collective, right. the possibility of personal sovereignty, which is the very theme of the Aquarian age, Piscean age was about centralizing, feudalizing people. Right. The Aquarian Age, which is beginning its first major uh, travail of birth in the 2020s and 2030s, is about decentralizing the world, the, the end of nations, and the, the idea of as nationalism dies, personal sovereignty, the nation of me, the nation of you will ultimately in 150 years be where we're at when we're really deep in the Aquarian age and out of this Piscean age twilight zone. But it will happen. I think it will. Don't you? The future is not yet. The present is the only real place to live. If you live in the present, it can happen. It can happen right now. The golden age is, is your very nature. It has been that way always, even in the ancient times to now and the potential times in the future. This thing is not a thing of time because time is a prisoner of mind and mind is a fleeting phenomenon that the consciousness experiences in the body-mind experience. Just like the shape of the ocean is a wave and society is all enamored and identified with the shape of your wave and has completely forgot the oceanic inside of it and all the other waves. So, so that can only be remembered by the, that which is identified with its shape, looking in to see what this consisted of going in. And then that changes things. 
And I speak from experience, uh, personal experience, that when, when you start living in the present, you're never too late or too early to suddenly effortlessly understand things. It, and you, rather than being assertive and making things happen, because that's mind and time again, yeah. you become a person that when you're in centered in your silence, you become a person of happening. Insights. I'm not working at all in all this hour I've been talking. This is just flooding out of me effortlessly. I respond to your being, your soul. And, and when you uh, express something, suddenly there's this effortless happening that's going to answer it, which I'm watching. It's not even me doing it. And this is a natural state of all people awakening to let, un- seeing the pretense of not being the Buddha and not being the Christ and realizing that you've always been the Christ, the, the awakened one. You've always been it. You have been none other. The whole existence is one vast soul. And it, what we have been trained to get identified with the surfaces of things because we're very peripheral in our society. But the, what's going to save this world or save the human race uh, is going to be more and more people understanding that they can, they can, they already are in their sovereignty. They just need to look in and I see it. it. I love it. That's true. That's true. Hey, we got to get out of here today. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on. I hope you'll come back and see me again. Anytime. Okay. Hey, you guys, this is Nancy Earle. This is High Road to Humanity. Everybody wake up, go within, and take care. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys, join me next week on The High Road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week, and know that by staying on The High Road, you will make it to your destination. Visit my website, nancyyearout.com, where you can book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. And check out my YouTube channel. It's Nancy Yearout's High Road to Humanity. If you can achieve your goal